Hey, everybody. I'm Gayla Zoes, and welcome to episode number six of the Simple Marketing Academy podcast. This week is an industry focus week, which means you'll be hearing from someone who's actually in the marketing trenches, someone who's out there promoting her business. In this episode, we're talking about how to make the most of referral sources as a lead generation tool. And for that, there's no better person to talk to than Dana Henschel. Dana is the outreach coordinator at Takus McGinnis Elder Care Law, a law firm just outside of Nashville, Tennessee. I've known Dana for oh, going on five years, and believe me, she knows a thing or two about leveraging referral sources. Before she started in her current job, she worked at a few long-term care facilities that are referral sources for Takus McGinnis. So if you're wondering whether developing referral sources might be right for your business, I think Dana's insights will help. What she shares is applicable no matter what industry you're in. I think you'll be interested in what she has to say. Let's listen in. Welcome to the Simple Marketing Academy podcast. If you're a budget-conscious small business owner who wants to learn more about marketing, join us weekly as Simple Marketing Academy founder Gayla Zoes helps you make sense of today's mind-boggling array of marketing options. So, sit back, relax, and get ready to cut through the confusion, because the Simple Marketing Academy podcast is starting now. Hey everybody, Gayla Zoes here with the Simple Marketing Academy podcast. Today, we're talking about referral sources and how to leverage those. Joining us is Dana Henschel. She is the Outreach Coordinator at Takus McGinnis Elder Care Law in Hendersonville. Welcome, Dana. Thank you for having me, Gayla. Well, today today's topic is one that I think is very important for anybody who is thinking about starting a business or has one going on already. Um, before we get into the meat of our topic today, let's start off with a little information about you. People know you as the outreach coordinator at Takeus McGinnis Elder Care Law in Hendersonville. So, and you you know people throughout Middle Tennessee. But that's not the only job you've held in the elder care industry. Tell us about your background and how you got to where you are today. Sure. Well, I have a communications degree, and I started my career in fundraising for health charities through payroll deduction campaigns. And after doing that for 10 years, I wanted to try my hand at something new, and an opportunity became available to work as a marketer for a local senior living community. And being raised by my great-grandparents, I've always felt very comfortable with and around seniors. So I did that for seven years and loved it. Um, and then this opportunity presented itself at Takeus McGinnis Elder Care Law. And I would like to preface all of this by saying that I never wanted to be in sales. And I have <laughs> never thought of myself, oddly enough, as a salesperson, even though that's the only position I've ever held. But if you believe in your service and know that your service could benefit for, benefit someone, uh, you aren't really a salesperson, but a resource. Well, I think that's a great way to look at it. For somebody who is new to the marketing world and may not understand 
what we mean by referral sources, explain what the term referral sources means, and and then talk about what a referral source is in your world. Sure. Well, a referral source is anyone that is in a position to send you a qualified lead. And because Tegas McGinnis Elder Care Law helps families answer the questions raised by aging, illness, and long-term disability, some of our referral sources include social workers, case managers at skilled nursing facilities, home health companies, or admission coordinators at assisted living communities. And these are the people who are meeting with families in crisis who are worried about how they are going to pay for their mom's care without impoverishing dad, for example. Um, Other referral sources for us uh, could include financial planners, CPAs, and other attorneys. And these referral sources are great for catching clients prior to a crisis um, or just for a solid asset protection plan. Um, But these referral sources know our business and they tend to send qualified leads. And additionally, people tend to have good long-standing relationships with their CPA and financial planner, and they trust their recommendations. So they are more likely to call us if their trusted advisor told them to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those, those are all great um, professions to send business to you because they each have a problem that working with you can help their clients solve. Right. And it, it also puts them in a position of being the, the resource and the expert to refer out to someone who can help their client. So for the referral sources that you have at Tegas McGinnis, what do you do to nurture those referral sources so they'll send you leads? Well, the bottom line is that people like to refer to and do business with people that they like and people who are consistent. Um, I know when I worked at the assisted living, home health and non-medical home health people would market to me all the time. And I quickly learned that those marketing positions tended to be a revolving door. And I decided that I wasn't going to refer to anyone unless I had seen that person consistently for a year. So that relationship needs time to develop. So at Takis McGinnis, prior to COVID, I would try to make regular visits to all of our local referral sources so that they could see my face and know that we are still here. And I would make sure that they, they didn't need any more of my collateral. I would take them candy, cookies, and other thinking of you treats. Sometimes we would talk business and sometimes we wouldn't, but that's all part of the relationship building and letting that person know that they can trust you with their people. Because when someone makes a referral, their name is on the line too. So they want to make sure that they trust you and like you. Um, secondly, uh, you want to be seen as the expert in the room. And this was also true when I worked at the assisted living community. And we have used educational events and educational materials to do that. And at Takis McGinnis, for example, uh, especially with COVID, we have started hosting monthly webinars for some of our professional referral sources, uh, offering them continuing education credits. 
This benefits them, but also it establishes our firm as the expert on these type of legal matters. And the fact that we do it monthly also helps keep us top of mind. Yeah, that 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 is all evidence of a well thought out strategy for dealing with referral sources. And what you shared really brings two things to mind for me. One is that I think a common mistake for newbies or people who don't understand how to work a referral source is that they view it more through a transactional lens when what you're describing is a relationship. I mean, you're basically committing to being in a relationship with these referral sources for the long haul. It's not just, you know, send, send people to me. And that brings me to my second um, takeaway from what you just shared, which is that, that when you do have that relationship long-term with a referral source, it's just as much about giving leads and value as it is about taking it. Oh, yes. It has to be reciprocal. Um, it has to be a reciprocal relationship. Yeah. If it's not, I think those relationships wither and, and die on the vine quickly. So when you were working at the long-term care facility, who were your referral sources there and how did you nurture those relationships to generate leads? Sure. Um, my referral sources when working at the assisted living community were geriatrics uh, psych units, um, also rehabs at skilled nursing facilities. Uh, so I would visit the discharge planners and case managers uh, because oftentimes families, once families' loved ones were at those facilities, they were no longer able to go back home. So they were looking for an assisted living or memory care. And many of these families did not know the first thing about assisted living or memory care. So they're assigned a discharge planner or social worker. And so they look to that person to kind of hold their hand and show them where to go and refer them to the best places. So I wanted my community to be on that list. And the way that I did that was similar to the way I, I work the marketing job here is developing those relationships, seeing them weekly or every other week. It was very important to be consistent and be top of top of mind. Um, and I think a mistake that some marketers make is that they're not consistent, that they think, oh, well, I just saw her two months ago. She knows me. But I, I will give you a personal example when my grandmother had a stroke, we hired a caregiving service and I was kind of in a panic when this happened and I hired a service, not necessarily the service that I had the best relationship with looking back on it. It was the service that I had had the most interaction with that month. They, they were top of mind. So they were the first name that popped in my head when I needed them. Mm, I think that's an important lesson for anybody who's listening. So my next question has to do with who all in your firm is involved in building and nurturing these relationships with referral sources. Who else in the firm does that? Sure. We are all spokespeople for the firm. And 
as a firm, we will uh, do public speaking. We will t- attend networking events. Um, I think that it is important that it is not just my face associated with the firm. Um, because if it if that were the case, when I leave, which I'm not planning on doing anytime soon, hopefully, but if I were to leave, then all of my relationships and referral sources would come with me. Um, so you always want your referral sources to have other connections to your company so that they don't leave with whoever the marketing person is. Mm. Um, yeah, that's great advice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we all have to be faces for the firm. So I do know that, for example, Josh Bay is our tin care specialist and business office managers at school nursing facilities. They love him because he solves their problems. Um, and some of our other referrals from skilled nursing facilities have been a direct result of Josh's relationship. Um, because they view him as a problem solver. Uh, Deborah is one of our elder care coordinators. She's a licensed clinical social worker um, and is well known in those circles. And I know that we get referrals because people know and trust Deborah. And I can give those types of examples for every staff member here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's such an important point because really when it comes to marketing, it's it's the it's not just the relationships that are built it's the it's the delivering on your promise and actually solving the problem that your referral source has that makes them keep coming back because if it, it doesn't matter how many times you show up to visit a referral source or drop off candy or whatever if your firm and the people in it aren't providing consistently good service over time then all of those relationships really don't amount to much Exactly. And you have to be consistent and consistently provide good service because one poor experience, it's going to take months for that referral source to trust you again, if they ever do. Yeah, they may never. Mm-hmm. So speaking of mistakes, you've been in this elder care space marketing for a long time. What are some of the most common mistakes you've seen people make when it comes to leveraging their referral sources? I think mistake number one I alluded to earlier is not being consistent or staying top of mind. Mistake number two is not tracking your referral sources. Um, I think that we sometimes think that we know who our top referral sources are. And then when we dig in the data, we can be surprised who we thought was referring to us because we had a great relationship with them may be lower on our list. Um, So I, I would definitely be data driven and, and track that information. Excellent. Excellent advice. Okay, we're getting close to wrapping things up. So this is the key takeaway section. Dana, what are the most important things that somebody who wants to start a business or grow a business should know or do if they want to squeeze the most juice from 
their referral sources? Sure. I would say if you are limited on time and resources and and really who isn't, find a few referral sources who you can count on to send you good people and treat them well. Don't try to be everything to everyone. There is, there's going to be some people who just aren't going to refer to you, and that is okay. Strengthen the relationships with the people who are going to work with you, um, and I think that's going to give you the most bang for your buck. That's excellent, excellent guidance. Dana, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Gayla. This was fun. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Simple Marketing Academy podcast. If you enjoyed the show, why not leave a review? It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. We would love your feedback. And speaking of feedback, if there's a topic you'd like us to address on the podcast, let us know. Just drop us an email at info at simplemarketing.academy. The Simple Marketing Academy podcast will be back next week with more straight talk about marketing your small business. See you there.